Welcome to the Whole Self Podcast, where we talk about various mental health topics with an emphasis on the body, mind, and spirit connection. Our goal is to empower our listeners with the knowledge and tools needed to embark on their own healing journey. A gentle reminder that this podcast is not a substitute for therapy, and we encourage you to seek out your own therapy if needed. Hi, and welcome to the Whole Self Podcast. My name is Kate Byler, and I'm Kayla Cedar. And today we are going to do a podcast on talking about the do's and don'ts of effective communication. And Kayla, why don't you start us off as to why effective communication and close relationships is so important? Sure. So effective communication and close relationships is crucial, right? So without communication there really is no relationship how can there truly be that closeness and the intimacy of a close relationship without the communication so what purpose does communication have what function does it have um it helps us express our own needs Mm -hmm. it helps us understand the needs of our partner it helps us get our needs met and it also helps us meet the needs of our partner then so it's really a back and forth how do I understand you see you know you and Mm -hmm. how do I present myself in a way that you can see know and understand me in the process of that as well right so that's why we're highlighting effective communication yes not just communication on the reg. Absolutely. Because I think it's really easy to say, how, how many times have we said in a relationship, you don't understand me? Right. You don't get it. Right. So we want to communicate effectively so that we're in a position to express and receive um, in a way that we can understand. Yeah, exactly. So some of the influences of the way we communicate, whether that be good or bad, I mean, we're therapists. If you guys have listened to our past past podcasts, we're kind of all about, you know, what we experienced in childhood or just a lot of, of the main points in our life and how that affects what we do today. So that means watching your parents communicate with mm-hmm. each other and experiencing how your parents communicated to you is going to have a lot to do with the influence of the way we naturally communicate. Absolutely. Just because your brain is always taking um, note of what's mm-hmm. being done and it's for most of our, for a lot of our life, between zero to 13, it's a lot of monkey see, monkey do. Absolutely. Even if we don't want to, it's just taking in data. Just think of your brain as taking in data of what it's watching. Yeah. When, we, when we're looking at, we learn, I think it's through, not I think it's through, it is through observation and direct instruction. It's mm-hmm. something like 80% of what we absorb is through observation versus direct instruction. So right. it may not be our mom and dad sat us down and said, hey, when you're angry, scream and yell at your partner and wave right. your finger around in their face. <laughs> but that's what you observe. Yeah. And then it becomes that second nature of this is how I get my needs across. This is how I express myself when I'm feeling frustrated or angry. Yeah. And and again, some of that is going to mix in with our natural personalities of how we were created. Maybe if we're introverted versus mm-hmm. extroverted. If we like crowds, if we don't like crowds, if we're more of a 
confrontive type of personality, mm-hmm. like a blunt personality or more closed off. And also, you know, what's happening in your day-to-day life mm-hmm. affects how we're communicating. Like, I know when I'm stressed or don't have much sleep or other things are going on, I'm, I have to work really hard to communicate well, if at all. Yes. Because our brains are focused on something else. So those are all just influences to maybe look at when maybe a conversation you've had with your partner has gone poorly Mm -hmm. to just maybe when that moment you're kind of like cooled down and you can look back at that like what was influencing those moments for you and I think that's such a really good point too because it's important to highlight this is not easy Mm -hmm. it's really challenging and it takes a lot of self-reflection and it takes a lot of effort to do yeah um the more we do it the more second nature it becomes but we're not going to get it right every single time so we want to give ourselves grace and compassion and Mm -hmm. our partners grace and compassion as we're figuring this stuff out because it's extremely difficult and there's a lot of different reasons that influence poor communication for sure very easy to do (laughs) Yeah, you'll probably, I know I can say for myself that I always kind of circle back to my more poor patterns of communicating Mm -hmm. when I'm in a heated moment or feeling really powerless or frustrated. And so, like, that's just to say you can always learn from your experiences, but also know that this isn't something even as therapists we're, like, pros at by any means. No. (laughs) Daily practice. Practice makes permanent, right? (laughs) Um, so we're going to be going over one, two, five steps for the do's of effective communication. And we're pulling it from the book called Attached, the new science of adult attachment and how it can help fix, help you find and keep love, um, by Rachel Heller and Amir Levine. We really like this book because, you know, if you Google how to effectively communicate or communication skills, you're going to get a thousand and one different ways to effectively communicate anywhere between do this one simple trick to here's a 100 step thing to do to make sure that you are uh, effectively communicating. We like this one because it's concise. It's easy to follow. It's it's easy to um remember and it's it's just very comprehensive it doesn't make it super complicated it doesn't add extra things it's kind of like a catch-all yes thank you um so yeah just know that we didn't come up with these five do's on our own Mm -hmm. we're just pulling them from the book because it's a good concise way to talk about it and we're expanding on them to help you understand what it means but if you want more, definitely go out and su- support those authors and, and buy that book because we, it's super helpful. And we do have the link in the podcast notes yes. for that. So the first do we say is, or they say, I should say, is be vulnerable. And it just means we must lean into vulnerability if we want to express ourselves fully. And this looks like, I think this is hard that this is the first step because it's almost the scariest one, but it's mm-hmm. where you have to start, unfortunately. <laughs> it can be really uncomfortable to name your emotion to... Um, we're just going to be using, like, partner in, in mm-hmm. a lot of these examples, yeah. but you can use this towards friends or a parent or even your children. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking to your partner, instead of saying, I feel really sad when you did this, 
you have to go to a more vulnerable feeling for your partner to understand what's actually happening for you. So instead of feeling sad, maybe you feel rejected. Maybe you feel isolated or overwhelmed. And these emotions are really hard to come up with if they were never talked about Mm -hmm. in our home. Mm -hmm. So I will say if you need help with that, go to feelingswheel.com. And it's literally just a picture of a feelings wheel. You start from the inside and you move out. And it helps you figure out what a vulnerable feeling is. Mm -hmm. But again, this is hard and... Don't be surprised if it feels like you can't do it in the moment or it's just Mm -hmm. really uncomfortable. I think even just practicing being vulnerable with our own self and increasing our own emotional um, intelligence can be really difficult of, you know, oh, I know I feel angry, but why do I feel angry? I know that I feel sad, but why do I feel sad? What's going on here? And how do I dig a little bit deeper into that and then have the courage and the bravery to express that to a partner right um so the next step would be focus on your needs so what is it that you need from your partner how can you express this while considering the needs of your partner so is what you need realistic and is your partner capable and able of doing those things for you Mm -hmm. so if you need for example um them to do more stuff around the house but you know that their plate is already full Mm. like how how can you express your needs while having realistic expectations with what your partner has going on right in in their life as well right and again you kind of match that with the feeling right Mm -hmm. so they're understanding so maybe they say oh i can't do that but i can at least do this exactly so they're hearing you that you feel completely exhausted or overworked Mm -hmm. okay I can't do everything you're asking but I can probably you know do the laundry twice a week for Mm -hmm. you you know like these are the conversations where it's like you might not get what we're fantasizing about but we're opening up like ways to still advocate for ourselves And I think that's a really important point of I think sometimes we do have a fantasy of how our partner is going to have this magic thing that they're going to say and make us feel a certain type of way. And, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on I, I know we had a podcast on this before of attachment styles. If we want if we're expecting an avoidant partner to be emotionally available 24 7 that's unrealistic right and and we can have that fantasy of oh they're going to be able to meet me where I'm at they're going to have these in-depth emotional conversations with me they can hold space for me is it realistic is it reasonable are they capable and able to do that and by the way it's okay if they say no I can't do that Mm -hmm. like it happens and But we need to be practicing that we're stating our needs. And so, again, with being vulnerable and focus on your needs, if that is even, like, you don't know what that is, like, I would start doing that just with yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe write it in your journal or, like, write it on your phone. So you can at least practice advocating for yourself in that moment just Mm -hmm. to you before you maybe even bring it to your partner. That's a good idea. Um, So the next one building off of that is to just be specific in in your need. Um, So what are specific words or actions that you need from your partner? That just kind of means we're not um, expecting them to be a mind reader. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It it can feel 
easier, I think, and more comfortable to say, I think one of the examples we were talking about is like, if you come home and you've had a really bad day at work and maybe your um, toddler keeps throwing things all over your house, just <laughs> not speaking from real life experience or anything, but, and you're just exhausted from, and you don't want to make dinner that night, right? So instead of me saying to my husband, I'm so tired, and I just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And leaving this like vague space for him, waiting for him to fill in and mm-hmm. hoping he'll say, oh, well, why don't I make dinner tonight? Mm-hmm. And if he just says, yeah, I, I'm sorry you had a hard day, likely I would get agitated that he isn't doing what I want. Sure. So instead I have to say, hey, today was really busy for me. I'm exhausted by our son. I know I normally make dinner on Wednesday nights. Do you mind cooking dinner tonight? I would feel really cared for by that. Absolutely. So it's extremely specific. You're telling your spouse what you want, what would be helpful. And usually, again, it gives them permission to open that conversation. I'm going to piggyback right off that and jump right into the next one of don't blame. Mm -hmm. So it can be really easy to start blaming during emotionally vulnerable conversations. So we want to be sure that we're using I statements when communicating. So even just looking at the example that you just gave, Kate, of... Instead of, like, okay, I'm going to tell my partner, oh, boy, I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And then them not mind read, and they didn't make dinner, and then we angrily make dinner. Right. And then they say, oh, what's wrong? And we whip around and say, you didn't make dinner after I told you that I was tired. How dare you? Whoa, what the heck? Our partner is probably (laughs) like, what just (laughs) my word. Mm-hmm. So it can be really easy to fall into those you statements. You didn't do this. You did do this. How dare sure. you? So we want to say, you know, I felt, I feel. We want to own how we're feeling and stay out of blame because I, if we've ever been blamed for something, we know how easy it is to move right into defense mode. Right. And that is an immediate communication shutter downer. <laughs> right. And if you... Th- is that a word (laughs) it is now (laughs) and if you think about it that's how like whenever either me and my spouse or other couples that come in here you know you you most I would say 80% of the time you say we fight about something stupid and that's how it starts right like that type of thing so we've all been there these are just tools to keep building off of so the last one um to build off of all of those is to be assertive and unapologetic And that doesn't, when we say that, that doesn't mean you're coming off like harsh or mean Mm -hmm. or you're saying it with this entitled attitude. Mm -hmm. It just means that like you, again, kind of, we're we're reiterating because all of these things really do like kind of bounce around off of each other. But it just means you're kind of sticking to what you want Mm -hmm. and you're opening up conversation to see, hey, is this, are you able to do this for me? Mm -hmm. Is this, is this something we're able to talk about? And this can be really hard for some of us that are people pleasers Mm -hmm. because if you ask something, if you're specific, if you are vulnerable, you state your needs, if you ask something and your partner looks like kind of like begrudgingly that they're like, yeah, I guess I can do that, but Mm -hmm. looks tired. Hey, if your partner's still saying he can do it, he or she can do it, then 
it, but you see that tiredness on their face, it might be like very easy and more comfortable for you to retract your statement mm-hmm. and say, never mind, I'll just do it. Mm-hmm. And what does that do when we do that time and time again? But it builds a lot of resentment. Absolutely. And so we, when we say be assertive and unapologetic, it just means to kind of like keep advocating for yourself and it's okay if your partner says no, they can't. And it's okay if they look kind of tired or it's okay if they're like, I wasn't thinking about doing that, but I can. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we're going to be annoyed by people's requests sometimes, and that's okay. Even if we... Does that make sense? It, yeah, it, it does. And even when... Even... I think if we have people-pleasing tendencies, any type of negative reaction from our partner yeah. can immediately shut us down. Right. Even if it's like a 30-second silence <laughs> while our partner's trying to figure out what they're right. going to say or something like that. Right. It can be really easy for us to say, you know what, never mind, forget mm-hmm. it. And again, that probably goes all the way back to one of our first points mm-hmm. as to, like, what our influences are when we communicate is, like, if you had a parent where you had to take care of them a lot and their yes. emotional needs, then you probably had to shut down most of your own needs to make sure they were doing okay or to make the house less chaotic yeah. or whatever it is. So... I, I know that's touching on a bit of, like, trauma work, but that that if that's something that keeps popping up, like, we definitely recommend, like, finding a counselor and being able to work through that stuff because that's totally workable. You don't have to stay in that space. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd probably be helpful to note that this is for generally healthy right. relationships mm-hmm. <laughs> that aren't abusive. Like, we're not going to go to an abuser and say, yes, yeah, so hey, a really hey, big disclaimer and yeah. do these things. So this is for yeah, people that speaking. you feel safe with. Absolutely. Do these tools with people that you want healthy relationships with. Yes. So that's a really good point. If you are in a marriage or a partnership, or even a friendship or with a parent that is not safe and you identify as abusive, like these are not the tools. Yes. Essentially, you're wasting your time and you're opening yourself up to more trauma. Yeah. And as counselors, that's the last thing we would want. Yeah, so we you. want to make sure that you're practicing safe techniques within a safe relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's put all five of those things together. Be vulnerable, focus on your needs, be specific, don't blame, be assertive and unapologetic. What would that sound like in one giant sentence or one giant paragraph Pandemic. thing? <laughs> yeah. So... Um, hey, I'd like to talk to you about what happened the other day when I told you that I was sad. When I said I was sad, you said, what could you possibly be sad about? I felt really dismissed, unheard, and shut out when you said that. And what I needed from you was to say maybe, I understand, or that must be hard, and give me a hug to comfort me. Mm. I feel connected and loved when you were able to provide me comfort. Moving forward, can you please give me a kind statement and a hug when I'm feeling sad? Yeah, and and so... I don't know if there's a way we could even, I guess we can't link this paragraph into our um, show notes, but if you search some of this stuff, you'll find similar sentences of stating, doing those I statements, you said you felt dismissed, you said you felt unheard and shut out. Those are all vulnerable statements. Mm -hmm. You said what you needed instead of what the spouse said. Um, and you ask for physical comfort, and you even almost validate it mm-hmm. in that paragraph of how helping your partner know how you feel connected 
and loved Mm -hmm. and asking them, is this like essentially possible for you moving forward? Because remember, I would say a lot of the times if we're in safe relationships, we also like respond and want different comfort differently. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not unanimous. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times your spouse or partner might want to fix it because that's what he or she would want, Mm -hmm. but you need just a hug. Yeah. And so the, the paragraph Kayla just gave is a great tool to kind of bounce off of. Yeah. It's, it's really easy that we give the love to others the way that we expect to be loved. So if our partner has a different love style than us, we need to understand exactly what that is so that we're not either unintentionally causing more harm or just what we're doing is unseen or unappreciated right. because it's not, it's not the effective tool that that person needs to feel right. better. And that's just what we do as humans. Yeah. Like, we just want, we don't know how the other person wants it because we want it our way. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just going to go through real fast the, the opposites of what we said. So the opposite of be vulnerable is would look like giving the silent treatment to your spouse or um, being just uh, sort of vague in our emotions, you know, if it's something really deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're saying you're feeling mad, but maybe actually you're just feeling very distant, like mm-hmm. that's two very different emotions you're feeling because it's going to get a different need met. Mm-hmm. Um, so focusing on your needs, the opposite would be not focusing on your needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would that look like? Um, a, a lot of it might be, you know, oh, well, I need more from you. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. Just do it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And that kind of plays into the being specific, right? Mm -hmm. Like being vague or expecting our partner to mind read. Right. They're just not going to be able to do that. And obviously the opposite of blame, or don't blame. (laughs) The opposite of don't blame is to blame. (laughs) So that one's pretty uh, self-explanatory. And then being assertive and unapologetic. The opposite of that looks like being wishy-washy. Um, in, st- in stating your needs, so maybe going back and forth, oh, never mind, you don't do that. Oh, never yeah. mind, just forget it, just forget it. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Or, or um, fluctuate, like letting your, when you want to say no, you're actually saying yes, mm-hmm. and vice versa. So that is it. Again, we took this from the book Attached, A New Science of Adult Attachment and How It Can Help you find and keep love by rachel heller and amir levine we are linking that um some other resources that might help explain the vulnerability and to help with the communication we're going to link some Brene brown as well she's very good with the vulnerability um and then if you're not already following us on instagram i know that we typically have a lot of what's discussed on the podcast mm-hmm. as in, our posts. In, in our posts. So if you're looking for maybe the paragraph example or some of the highlights, please feel free to go to our Instagram as well. It's the whole self therapist. Yes. And please, if you like us, subscribe and follow us on our socials and we will do the next one soon. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Any resources or links from today's episode can be found in our show notes. Original music in this episode is by Christopher Burkholder.